just talking and motivating the defense. You're talking to everybody. He's used to it. He's been doing it a long time. Uh, they, uh, Marcus, they asked me, I was in an interview not long ago about Marcus Freeman, the head coach at Notre Dame, and how tough it will be to now be the head coach. I said, I don't think it'll be tough for him at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy's been in a leadership position and has been darn good at it, just like Brent is. It's not that much different, I don't feel. Listen, when you're calling defenses and offenses and you've had that pressure of game and been in national championships and been in been in the heat of the moment in big games and you're a decision maker, this is no different. I, I don't I don't think, you know, people that have been in these kind of these big situations and have been making decisions, all of a sudden now being the head coach, I don't think it's it's that big a deal to those people. I know I never felt it was that big a deal to me. I totally agree. Being the head coach is really more about the the back end administrative type stuff than it is like the football part of it. Not difficult at all. Yeah, I think we do uh, make too much of that at times now. For you know someone that's in their early thirties and have haven't been a full time assistant that long, that's different. But. If there was a coach that we should ever like not worry about transitioning to a head coaching role, I feel like it's this guy with as much football as he's seen and as long as he's been a defensive coordinator. Like yeah. and, and clearly like what you saw today, it was it was it was just fine. Yeah, you you definitely have to you have to set the day to day for the for this for the team, right? Like what are the expectations like culturally what are we going to invest in all of those things like all that part of it is like, you got to have your ducks in a row right if you want to take over take over quickly and hit the ground running and not really learn as you go on some of that stuff and that could be the case for for a guy like Marcus Freeman who is relatively new and who got maybe thrown into that position perhaps quicker than he thought maybe would be possible. I I think that there may be a little bit of work in progress there, but Brent Venables has been considering this and pondering this and looking at different jobs for a long, long time. So none of it is catching him by surprise. Uh, let's get back to some of these comments on Twitter. By the way, follow us, the ref, at Sports Talk 1400 if you're not already. Uh, just at Sports Talk 1400, you'll find it. What's your biggest pet peeve when it comes to other fans around you at an OU game? I love this one. It's the best response I've heard. The clueless airheads that don't throw the ball out of the stadium. Yes! <laughs> yes! I know some fans look at that as childish or dumb. I, however, love it. Yes, an opposing team scores. They kick the extra point, throwing the ball out of the north end zone. Uh, I I fully support it. I think it's great. I don't know if OU loves it, but I love it. What was the – there was some type of controversy. It was the Bedlam game last time in Norman – they had a guy go up in the stands, and I think he was fighting for a ball, and gotcha. maybe he got punched in the Ooh, <laughs> ribs or something right. like that, or something like that happened. Well, come on. Whenever you're on the opposing team and 
you go racing up into the stands and start trying to physically take a football or something from somebody. It, I'm not saying it's right, but you can't be surprised if you get tuned no, up. Yeah, yeah, no, you got to know what to expect there. You right, can't, you can't be surprised. Uh, by the way, text line four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. If you want to chime in on this uh, topic, Ryan says being on your phone more busy recording blank than experiencing it. If ten percent of the crowd is doing this at one time, then the crowd noise isn't where it should be to affect a game. It's such a a really weird I mean in in of all of human history we've been attending concerts and plays and performances and sporting events it's just within the last decade that everyone is now even when they're in attendance is experiencing it through their phone. Well, the, it's so strange. Was the Tool concerts the last concert you were at? Mm-hmm. Did you notice how everyone was basically standing there and videoing the concert through their phone and not actually experiencing it? Tool will not allow that. If you have your phone out, really, they will come and you have to put it away instantly, Seriously? or they'll kick you out. Oh, Tool might and be my favorite band of all time. Now, the last song that they perform. He tells everyone, uh, all right, idiots, you can pull your phones out and record this one if you want. That's if, you, cool. if you must, do it. I, I already like Tool, but Tool is uh, – they're, they're moving up the list for me I'm, just on that. If, if you pull your phone out, I'm telling you, within seconds, there'll be a person down there like in front of you That's with awesome. a light shining it directly into your phone telling you to put it down. We got in uh, we got in trouble for filming at the WWE event in Oklahoma City. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, it's okay. Put your phone up. Take a picture. They told my wife that. Take me. a picture with your, your wife or your girlfriend or whatever and post it to show everyone that you're there. But then once you do that, actually enjoy being there. Kyle says, it says fans, but I'm saying this anyway. Blaring music throughout the game like an NBA arena. If I wanted that, I'd attend an NBA game, and I don't. Saying the music is too loud. I don't have an issue with the music at at the football game. I don't, I mean, the style of music that's played, it's not my favorite genre, but... I don't have a huge issue with it one way or the other. I honestly can't even... Now, I'm not a good example. I have a headset on, and I can't hear... I can't hear much of the ambiance while we're doing the game, but I doesn't... I don't know. I I guess I don't feel like that's that big of a deal. Like, you play music on, like, third down. Do they play it during timeouts? Like, when you're in TV timeout, do they crank music? Um, I know they do like the cheerleaders do yeah, their dance. Yeah, and, I mean, sometimes it, unless there's like a uh, ad or something going on the the jumbotron, but I feel like for the most, yeah, yeah, for the most part, they'll play music in between timeouts. Huh. This one says bad bo wafting through during yeah. September games. Boy, it it smells sticky you, beer and bo. That's September football, man. You get the bo and the spilled beer or the leftover beer thrown in the. Trash cans, it just creates this tsunami of pungent, stinky smell. Mm. 
I've noticed what's the proper protocol when say you finish a beer, you're walking towards the stadium and the trash can is not only full, there are somewhere between nine and 10,000 cans thrown on top of it and around it. Yeah. Do you just continue to throw it in that general area? Is that what you're supposed to do? So there? the situation, I'm trying to finish a beer and walking up to the stadium, and the trash can is overflowed? There, or is there, always, is there room in well, the trash can? Every trash can I see is like totally yeah. like spewing over. I mean, I, first off, you 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 pound the beer real quick, quickly, all right? Yes. Yeah, quickly, right by the trash. You can. Don't leave any wounded soldiers when you're I, going in. I would like to think that uh, I would place the beer can like on top of the trash can, even though it's probably going to fall off uh, when the next person that rolls up tries to dispense of their their beer. But I'd at least like put it in a respectable spot. It's not my fault that it's overflowing, but I'd still like to be respectful. It's like the trash cans around uh, the campus say, keep OU beautiful. I believe in that. They, na- they need to put out like 50,000 like makeshift trash cans on game day because they try to make them all look really nice and they're the big metal ones, you know, and which I get, but nothing looks worse than when one of those has been full for 14 hours and oh, people know, continue to throw trash on top of it. So Text line says, we'll be like K-State under Bill Snyder and play strictly 80s and 90s classic rock now that BV is there. Hey, let's go. Hey, if you want to drive up season ticket sales – Release that today, that they're only going to play 80s and 90s music during the game now. I don't know what the format is going to be for music during the game and during warm-ups and stuff, but I, I do know that it is part of the detailed As agenda is everything else. on things that they are everything's detailed changing slash implementing. Now I don't know what the result of that is going to be if if you're going to get like the pregame song they played at Fort Gibson. Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Gosh, um, Miko I, played Cotton Eye Joe one time, so <laughs> it's, it's it's not that bad. Was it played on a cassette tape and the microphone it, left it, on next to it, it? It sounded like it. Yeah, <laughs> they run out. It was yeah. like 12 years ago. It was mentioned to me that that's, that is also something that they're they're doing as well. I like it. I like it. I mean, every, everything – I guess I like that they're detailed enough to think about that moment and not just pass that on to, to someone else. It's something that they are – they've got a plan for. Are we uh, so desperate to find out what the music's going to be like that we need to go look at old Clemson games and uh, see what was played during timeouts? Got Dabo's mixtape. Dabo's Could mix you imagine? <laughs> He's got a SoundCloud. Isn't that what it is? Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, it's in the cloud. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be, but they had music at practice today. But it was it was played at a level that I actually agree with. I hate the music at practice thing. I've never been a fan of that. I mean, come on. You, wow, real football guy here. No, it's it's a it's a distraction, man. It's not 
there's maybe a time like when you're warming up, you're going through an active stretch and a little bit of warm-up stuff. You want to play it to get hopped up, get the energy going. I'm fine with that, but I don't need it cranking nonstop over the top of everything. I want I want to be able to hear coaches making corrections and like what's going on. And there was, I thought, the perfect balance of that today. They had music on, but it was – it was background noise. You couldn't even – you had to, like, listen for it. Text line points this out. I, I don't know anything about the guy. Um, all I know is the, the hire was made official yesterday, and they hired a new, like, vice president of entertainment, something like that. He was very involved with fan engagement during uh, – or for the Vegas Golden Knights. And that had one of the most exciting atmospheres in the NHL the past, what, four or five years or so. So that'll, that'll be interesting. So are we going to have a night out there? Um, I think, doesn't the night go out and slay the beast that they're playing on the Does ice? He? That's yeah. pretty awesome. They, have like, they had like a, um, almost like a 3D projection of like whatever mascot that they're playing onto the ice, and the Vegas Knight goes out there and fights it. That's pretty cool. They're, the way they do the national anthem is pretty cool. It, 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 is a, it is a good environment. That's almost as cool. And Kansas State doesn't do it anymore because a very uh, unfortunate situation happened. But I don't think that you ever would have seen this. Uh, they used to have, you know, Willie the Wildcat, the half man, yeah. half whatever it is, mascot. Sure. They used to have like a pregame video of, you know, Willie the Wildcat getting in trouble or – like they'd play Nebraska, for instance, mm-hmm. and there'd be a bunch of like farmer-looking guys with red T-shirts on that would, in a video, tie up Willie the Wildcat, and they'd, you know, woo, like we got Willie, and the the Nebraska guys that were in the video would run on the field. This is like right before the game, would run out on the field. Willie the Wildcat would somehow get loose, and before every game, he would like tackle that those guys <laughs> at midfield and lead that KSU chant that they're doing. Well, what was the unfortunate incident? He, Willie the Wildcat tackled someone at midfield, and like, someone had like a seizure oh, on dang. the field. Yeah, so they well, put an end to that real quick. Yeah, I guess I guess you've got to do, do that. But you know, at, at the same time, it happened once out of all those games, all those years, and you put an end to it. I I guess maybe you have to liability issues these days. No idea. But, uh, I yeah, go ahead. No, I was just saying text. I I don't know I don't know who that hire is going to be. Uh, I I mean I don't know the person. I don't know what they're going to implement. But I I guess I'm here for it. It's tough, man. At the end of the day, people aren't there for bells and whistles. They're there to see a really good football team perform accordingly, right? Against what is hopefully another good football team. Text line says, I don't mind them throwing footballs out of the stadium, just not against Western Carolina. Now, no mercy to everyone. Every touchdown that scored, throw the balls out of the stadium. Though, I, hey, people that sit in the north end zone, season ticket holders, I think we're all hopeful of this. I think you're going to be a little bit less active now with this new coaching staff compared to the previous. I don't think that you'll be throwing as many footballs over the stadium as you were before let's hope not because many opportunities not. are gonna are gonna happen is for that you. do you do you agree with that what i don't mind them throwing no. the footballs out but i just said that against... no i wanted i want against everybody you can't pick and choose when you do it i mean there's some 
merit to what the texter is saying. But I think that is – I mean, it's the same thing. Is it Wrigley – where is it where they throw it back, the baseball home Wrigley. run ball? yeah. I, it doesn't matter who you're playing in that situation, does it? No. You always no. throw it back. No, 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 no. It's the same exact situation. That's how R- Henry Rowengartner uh, ended up getting a pitch for the Cubs is he threw the ball back out of right field and threw it all the way to home plate. You ever mm-hmm. r- Rookie of the year, you ever seen it? Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe that's how we find our next quarterback. Seriously, man. Yeah. That's what Baker Mayfield would have done from the uh, second from the second deck up there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm fine with it. Take the ball, throw it out. No big deal. Send, you know, one of the minion guys to go stand outside of the stadium to retrieve the ball when it's thrown out. I mean, it's not that big of a deal. Right. All right. Quick timeout. Knowing Brent, whoever's the uh, worst performer in practice or the laziest in practice is going to be designated to stand out in uniform and catch all those balls out of the north end zone that week. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's an interesting note from practice. Everyone was in uniform. Everyone was in uniform. Even if you're hurt, you're in uniform. If you're hurt, you're in full pads, full uniform. Huh, I like that. Yeah, everyone is totally uh, wearing the same exact gear. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. Final hour rolls on. Keep the text line hot. This hour of The Rush is brought to you by Riverwind Casino. Casino and hotel, over 2,700 electronic games, 30 game tables, a 24-7 poker room, and the best in concerts and comedy. Riverwind Casino, just south of Norman on Highway 9 and I-35. It's the Giving of the Green event at Seth Wadley Buick GM's Cuts as quickly as possible from a development standpoint and learning standpoint. And, um, yeah, that's I love to do that. I love getting dirty and getting uh, dirt under my fingernails. That's a, that's a good thing. It's a fun thing. Um, uh, early on, you know, Coach Snyder was over on the offense a lot. <laughs> uh, but, you know, also did a great job of managing all of it, you know. Who are you, head coach, Brent Venables? Keep the text coming on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. It is the rush on the ref, Tyler and Teddy, inside the Brown O'Haver studios. So, text line is active right now, talking about the entertainment aspect of the games. I am curious, BV sounds like he is a traditionalist in a lot of ways. Yeah. I feel like his thoughts on things, for the most part, echo what the fan base is thinking. What do you think he thought, or maybe you know, what do you think he thought when he first saw the alternate uniforms, the bring the wood uniforms that OU wears? Because he's not a guy, he's a guy that has a pretty strong reaction or a pretty strong opinion on seemingly everything within a football program. I'd like to believe that he hated them on sites, but (laughs) I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if it's the case either. Um, And... His perspective may have changed throughout the years. You know, whenever they first came out, it may have been – because whenever it first happened, that was like the real alternate uniform. Oh, that was the craze, man. Craze. And so it may have been, hey, maybe I don't like it, but I get it. I get what they're doing. Um, And then as kind of time passes, it's, eh, 
Yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and ditch that. But I don't know because he doesn't. Okay, I, he's not about gimmicky things. Um, now I know OU has a contract with with these, and it doesn't matter if he, you know, loves them or hates them. If you have a contract to wear them, well, they're they're probably going to wear them, I imagine. But well, here's the thing: uh, uh, you can have a contract to wear a uniform. An alternate uniform with Jordan or Nike or whoever that that contract is with, but it's okay to say, "Yeah, the fans don't like him. We need to change the contract." Yeah, or change. The I, no, I don't think he would hesitate to do that. I think he would probably find a way to make that happen. I was thinking of Clemson. Uh, trying to remember if Clemson had any alternates. They had the purple alternates that they would wear. I don't know how often that they would wear those alternates during a season, but. They they did at least have some, but they kind of at least adopt purple in their color scheme, yeah. at least a little bit. Yeah, I I don't know, I don't know. I, here's the thing, and and maybe whenever you're at Clemson, you you feel differently, but I don't consider Clemson to be one of the like traditional college uniforms from like one of the yeah, big sure. boys of course not uh, maybe some people do and i'm sure that fan base treats their uniform that way so i don't know i i do see these it looks like they've worn the purple jersey with white pants and the purple jersey with orange pants so and i wouldn't say that either one of them look good enough to where you feel like you have to do it but i don't know well, his approval rating could skyrocket even more if he were to come out publicly and say that he doesn't like him and they're not going to wear him anymore. If he did that combined with a new alternate uniform that he created himself as an uh, homage to the past, then, oh yeah, people would love that. Said it multiple times, you could do alternate uniforms around here. Just make it look like a classic look. That's that's all you have to do. It's It's easy to get approval for alternate uniforms. Yeah. This is, I don't know, I, I'm, I just found this article that says Sweeney puts the clamp on different uniform combinations, and I guess he was asked on a show if the team would ever wear any different combinations coming up, and he said, not as long as I'm the head coach, maybe the next guy. I, I don't know when that's from. This article's dated 2019, so I don't know. Well, I say all this of what I think he would do. I say all that, no, you will uh, roll out black uniforms next year and just make everyone mad. Sweeney explained when he was on assistant coach, when he was an assistant coach on uh, Tommy Bowden's staff, Clemson seemed to wear a different uniform every week. My players were more distracted and worried about what we were wearing every week as opposed to learning the plan and getting the details down. Uh, football guy, right? Yeah, uh, real quick on the text line, uh, back to throwing the football out of the stadium in the north end zone. I love that. Mm -hmm. Braylon says the real fun is guys trying to catch a ball thrown out of the stadium and run with it. They have cops on bicycles, so you would have to be quick. Saw a dude make it to the McCaslin parking lot, and they caught him. <laughs> I didn't realize that. I I only see it from inside the stadium. I don't. It doesn't surprise me that there are guys out there trying to catch the ball and run with it, but I didn't know they had cops on bikes trying to stop That's this guy. Great. That's amazing. That's great. Whenever they score, everyone runs and huddles around the bottom of the uh, 
you know, the North North Stadium spot on the outside. That's hilarious. I love it. 24-7 Sports had an article today, college football temperatures, the top or top 25 teams to buy or sell in 2022. OU was not on this list, but OSU and Texas both were. Uh, Oklahoma State, you think uh, 24-7 is buying or selling the Cowboys in 2022? Uh, buying. Selling. When the Cowboys huh. are good, the rushing attack sets the pace offensively. And Mike Gundy's team has an entirely new group back there in 2022 after several offseason departures. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's kind of – that's fair. I think a lot of people are probably going to look at Oklahoma State and say, well, they were good last year. They got their quarterback coming back. Probably going to be good again this year. Which – I think they do have a chance of having a pretty strong offense. And I I don't – you see, whenever you have a really good defense – I was about to say, they're going to call a game a little bit differently this year, I'd imagine. Probably. When you have a really good defense and a lot of those guys are uh, experienced, multi-year starters, um, you know, have played for a long time, that means the backups have been backups for a long time. And it can go one of two ways. You miss all of that that talent and that experience, and the next guys just are not prepared. Or those guys learned from the, the senior players, the older players, on how to prepare, on how to practice, on, on how to do things right, and – the next group kind of transitions in and carries on that legacy. Now, the one thing is you lost your defensive coordinator, but they, they hired a good one. So, I, I honestly, I don't know what to expect from Oklahoma State defensively. Texas was also a sell, according to 24-7 Sports, to which I say, okay, well, if you're selling OSU and you're selling Texas – what do you think about OU? I mean, you have them as like the number twenty-two team in your preseason poll. You got to buy someone in the Big Twelve, right? You must think Baylor's going to go to the college football playoff this year or something. Well, if I'm buying anyone, I I think it's time to buy low and sell high on the Sooners. I mean, I, I think. Oh that, no, this is the time to buy OU for sure. Yeah, and. I think that they're going to have a strong year. What does that mean as far as record? It's hard to say. I I think they have the ability to win every single game on their schedule. Do I think they're going to? No, I Texas, don't. you think they have the, the ability to – Oh, I thought to... you were talking about OU. Oh, okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, I mentioned Texas. At first, I thought you were saying they had the ability to beat no, Alabama. No, 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 no. I was like, whoa. Huh? No, 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 no. Texas, uh, quarterback's going to be a real problem for them. Um, Which, by the way, Malik Murphy – He's he's hurt right now. He's not even out there practicing. So it's the Ewers. It's kid. gonna be Quinn Ewers. Yeah. What are they saying about him? Uh nothing. I listened to here's how lame my afternoon was. I listened to eighteen minutes of the Sark presser from today. Trying to find anything, Teddy. Just anything that I could use for the show. Uh one comment on Malik Murphy. I mean, he's He's still dialed in over there on the sidelines, and it's hard to do, but, man, he's taking those mental reps over there, and he's still dialed in, even though that's really tough. He did say that uh, he thinks his defensive line could be dominant this year. 
which I was like, whoa, 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 okay. I feel Not like buying that, Sark. The D-line, I feel like they were close last year. Uh, I think I feel like the D line was was close and probably the best position group. That's not saying much for a five and seven team. It's not. It's not. But I don't know. I, I continue to believe football wise that Texas hired a really really good staff, and football wise, I think they're going to make really good strides. Doesn't mean that. They're going to be able to handle success. Doesn't mean that the the people that are not a part of the football program, the staff, right, the outsiders won't stop uh, coming in to meddle with what's going on there. I think that's always going to be the case at Texas, and that's their biggest obstacle. I still believe they've got they've recruited good players and they've got a good staff there. We'll see if they can get anything out of them. Uh, this will shock you, but USC in this article is a buy from 24-7 Sports, oh, which yeah. we all roll our eyes at, but there is there are some... Yeah, if it's a stock, it's it's a good buy because you go from four and eight to you know seven wins, something like that, almost double your money. There are a few national uh, college football guys out there, at least that, that I respect. I don't know about you. I feel like you're in the same group for the most part. But one of those is Joel Klatz. And I was listening to a segment with Joel Klatz, what was it, on Monday night? Mm-hmm. And he was saying, you know, much like Jim Harbaugh in year one at Michigan, Michigan did creep into the top ten at that season uh, for a small amount of time. He's saying that he thinks that Muleshoe can do the exact same thing at USC in year one. Won't start the year in the top ten, may not end the year in the top ten, but he thinks at some point in the season they'll be ranked in the top ten. Hmm. Like, dang, Joel, I was really respecting you there for a while. Well, here's the thing. I'm, I'm about to pull up their schedule. and Fresno at home in the non-con at Stanford, I think week three, their first uh, conference game. Where do you think they're going to start the preseason ranked? AP top twenty. They'll be in the top twenty-five. We okay. all know that. I, so, I'm going to guess they'll be probably twenty-one. Okay, so they're going to be twenty-one. They going to beat Rice? Mm, I guess. Let's say they beat Rice, Stanford, and Fresno to start off the season. They become- those won't be easy games in week two or week three. By the way, they're not. But uh, a a top. 25 team in a Power 5 conference should be able to win all three of those games easily. Do you agree with that? Uh, they were 4-8 and eight last year. I would agree with that. I'm just saying that don't, well, right. don't take those for granted. Here, here's what I'm, the point I'm getting to. I, I don't know. I don't think USC is ever going to be I, it, it, actually on the field a top 10 team. But that doesn't mean they won't get to top 10 in the standings because we know that everyone is going to just crawl past each other to see who can put USC the furthest forward and talk about them the most. Uh, if they beat Rice, Stanford, and Fresno, and they're 3-0, and and you've had uh, some teams you know, in front of them between the top 20 and the, and the top 10 lose 
tough non-conference games. It'll be games. the Texas effect. I do agree with yeah, that. Yeah, that's what's that's what's going to yeah. happen. The win at Stanford will be looked at as, you know, the greatest win in USC program history. Oh man, they went up to Stanford and beat a team that was 3 and 9 last year. That's impressive. You can tell Lincoln still, Riley's had an effect. I'll still sell on USC being in the top 10 next year. I don't I'm not there on thinking they're going to start 3 and 0. Well, I don't know if they're going to start 3 and 0 or not, but I know they're not going to be a top 10, like, skilled, actual, on the field, one of the 10 best teams in the country next year. They just, they won't. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. Stay tuned. Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas are just what you need on your drive home. It's The Rush, weekday afternoons from 2 to 6, on your home for Sooner fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a Riverwind Casino and Hotel bringing the final hour of the rush on this Wednesday. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, and uh, in case you missed the news, Lebius Overton, a guest announced today that he's going to commit on Friday. Uh, he has OU in the top five, but A&M has thought to have been the leader for quite some time now. Visited A&M this weekend, was supposed to visit OU on the spring game weekend. Looks like that visit is going to get canceled. Not good news for OU. Probably go ahead and expect him to uh, to pick A&M on Friday. So, hmm. Bummer. Why doesn't A&M just let him, uh, if he wants to commit, why don't they just let him take his other... Uh, recruiting trip. Oh, because they know Brent and the boys up in Norman can recruit well. They don't want any part of that. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. But ser- seriously, like I-, I feel like this is a staff right now for the- all the excitement and you know the skins on the wall recruiting wise. If you got a kid locked up, you are doing everything you can, especially a school like A and M. You don't want someone going to A and M and taking an Oklahoma visit. Not saying that A and M has crap facilities or anything that have great facilities, but there's just a there's a different feel when you come to a place like OU. Uh yeah. Yeah, I think so. And especially with the good vibes they got going right now. Uh, it's not what you wanted to hear, not the end of the world. Uh I frankly am surprised he's going to Texas A and M. OU, I really am. OU fans aren't really losing uh, much hope, at least on the text line. It's really, uh, ah, well, whatever. Uh, we'll get him via the portal next year. It'll be fine. I do. Uh, I am anxious to see what the, like, if we're talking four years from now, whatever, what the retention is of this uh, heralded recruiting class from Texas A&M. It's going to go one way or the other. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's going to be an in-between, and if we had to pick one extreme or the other, don't – I mean, I feel like it's going to go poorly for A&M, and a lot of those guys will be in the portal. It's crazy. I, I, I mean, if you want to tell me this is not the last time we'll be talking about Lebius Overton and OU, I would probably believe that. I mean, that wouldn't, that wouldn't shock me if we're having a very interesting conversation about it in a year's time. No. I think – and I have no knowledge of this. I I could be totally wrong here. But if if what you're saying is true, 
that the NIL situation at A&M had a big influence over Overton going to A&M over I, Oklahoma. Did I say that? Yeah. I'm, all, all I'm saying is NIL is a big thing with any kid that A&M recruits, especially a five-star. Yeah. Well, right. That's that's what I'm saying. So if that's the case and Venables gets the feeling that that was ultimately what the difference is, I don't necessarily know that that would be something that he's going to pursue. Maybe not. In in the transfer portal, right? Maybe I could, not. I, 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 I mean, I, I, ideally, that. you'd like to take that stand, right? To say, all right, well, you picked um, you picked NIL over us the first time around. Uh, we're good. But that's also pretty dependent on what your defensive line play looks like this year. If your defensive line plays really good and you're bringing in good players, then you can you can make that stand. You could take that and say, yeah, I mean, we're good actually. But yeah. if you need immediate help going into next year, be a little bit tougher to to make that stance. Well, you're always going to need take that stance. You're always going to need help, and you're always going to want to make your roster better. But I does. Does that make your roster better? Or are you going to have a guy in there for one year that is you know going to be going to the the highest bidder every single year? You know what I'm saying? Like if that was the case or is that going to be a conversation you're going to have later is like hey, sure. you know, I can I can probably make more money elsewhere. Like it, I don't know. I'm part of me thinks that if if that was a big factor, then I I don't know how much pursuit there would be from from Venables and staff to go after that. But I could be wrong on it. No, it seems like they really do evaluate. I mean, they evaluate character with guys they recruit, but probably especially in the transfer portal. That's that's a pretty big deal. And I don't I don't necessarily I well not even necessarily. I don't think pursuing or being offered a big NIL deal and accepting that and that being an influence on where you go to school, I I don't think that that necessarily makes you a like not a good teammate, not a good a guy that you would want in the locker room. I mean, that's it doesn't disqualify you from not that. everyone, but there may be a good chunk of people I, I, that that is the case. I agree. I, there's there's going to be players that that's going to be the main thing, and that's always going to be the main thing for them. And that can be a that can be a, a tough fit and a tough motivation process. And I, the guys that are going to be motivated by that are going to find it really difficult to fit in to a demanding. Uh, off-season, demanding practice environment, just like it's going to be I can probably make good money elsewhere and not have to go through this. So it's and I think part of that is the reason why Venables doesn't even want to go down that road to begin with, you know. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap it up next. Stay with us. Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas are just what you need on your drive home. It's The Rush, weekday afternoons from 2 to 6 on your home for Sooner fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network. 
At Landers, we're 